Hello there. A familiar face has wandered in from the sands of Tatooine and into our living rooms. A presence we haven't felt since... 2005, actually. Yes, we're back with another entry in that entertainment juggernaut we call Star Wars. Old friends and adversaries are once again reunited for another trip around this galaxy far, far away, and it's given us a lot to talk about. So the time has come for us to be called back from our isolation and into the action once again as Scripture Screen sits down with Disney Plus's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now there's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Welcome back to another wonderful edition of Scripture Screen. I'm one of your hosts, Christopher Kitchen, alongside my other most wonderful co-host, Zach Strackman. That's me. Zach, how are you doing today? I am feeling uh, like like I've been called out from from a long uh, vacation uh, back into the action to to rescue your child. Ah, uh, yes. Scripture Screen, your number one source uh, for child-rescuing misadventures. You oh. heard it first. Ladies. Call, call us if your kids are missing. Call it. Oh, God. You know what's funny? Like, have you seen, like, that meme with, like, the Amber Alerts where it's just, like, what they expect us to do? And it's, like, people, like, running into their cars. Like, yeah, oh, God, I, they're right over there. Like. Yeah. Uh, I almost wish that's what happened. It's funny. But, uh, hey, Amber Alerts are nothing to joke about. No, they're not. Uh, we got to keep the kids safe. What That's are we it. doing today, Chris? We are uh, we are here at Scripture Screen headquarters, located uh, conveniently on the internet, on our website, www.scripturescreen.com or anchor.fm forward slash scripture screen. There you can find all of our past, present, and future episodes. You can also find us on social media, at Scripture Screen, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, and let us know all the wonderful things you want to hear, uh, especially all of our Star Wars content, because, Zach, there seems to be an abundance of that. Unfortunately. Out of all the the franchises, uh, I would say that we cover, I would say between Marvel and Star Wars is kind of where we find our, like, happy place. You know, like, that's where... (laughs) That just seems to be some of our expertise at the moment. For better or worse, we have a lot of it. and That that is the thing. For better or for worse, we do have a lot of it. And And today... Is no, uh, is no, what's the word I'm looking for? Exception. Um, it's not any different. Yeah. we're covering Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> but before that, I'd like to, uh, uh, do a little bit, a little, a little, uh, newskeeping, or should I say another entry in this flash bulletin in our, uh, Avatar 2 Return of the Jungleman watch. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Um, so I don't know if you saw, but I did. I had sent you this yesterday. Um, an exclusive image was released uh, uh, via Empire magazine of um, confirming this is this is shocking. A development I might have seen coming. It was it was it was uh, alluded to in the first trailer, and uh, a lot of theory theorizing has been going on. I've seen, but uh, we got our first look at. The new, the blue, Stephen Lang as uh, Quaritch, aka the Jungleman, now in in as an avatar. He he is blue in this new movie. The Jungleman. Yo, you're kidding me. 
I'm not kidding. This is the, not real. The jungleman he lives has again. returned. <laughs> Dude, what? And it says here, this is the quote, uh, uh, he is bigger, bluer, and pissed off. Oh my god. <laughs> that is insane. So, the jungleman is m- most certainly returning. Uh- Dude, I think he got got. I thought we all thought he got got. Did we get got, Zach? We go get. We don't it's, get got. He certainly appeared to have been uh, got <laughs> in in the movie. What with the whole arrow through the chest thing. Yeah, that's what um, I was thinking. What the hell happened there? Who decided to revive him? I thought uh, there had to be like a whole ceremony done to revive these people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Apparently, also Sigourney Weaver is playing. She's playing a new like char- the, the, an adopted daughter of. Yes. Uh, but like, uh, why? Yeah, I. So that's the that is the question, isn't it? Why? <laughs> um, but we'll find out. We'll find we, out. In, we'll find out in, this this holiday season. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. Are we when gonna I bet saw- right now if this movie's gonna get delayed one more time? I don't think so because I think promotional. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they're committed to like this release coming out this year. And I, w- I did see a thing that um apparently James Cameron uh, has said that he may not direct Avatars four and five, and I'm like, why don't we start with Avatar three before we concern ourselves with four and five? Uh, James Cameron, what are you doing? Go back to driving a truck. Did he, did he drive a truck? Apparently, he was like a, an eighteen-wheeler, like CDL truck driver for the majority of his life until he became a director at like his middle age. Hmm. I interesting, n- right? Yeah, I was gonna say go back to like the most unfathomable depths of the ocean, and it, you know, in your cool little diving bubble. Anyway, we're getting off track. Let's let's switch over to something that has nothing to do with blue people, unless they're like a Twi'lek or something. Uh, I suppose there was that one blue Twi'lek Jedi. I forget her name, but she died in Felucia. Remember that? Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. Um, Back to the galaxy far, far away. Zach, we finally watched the hotly anticipated show in the return was, of one Ewan McGregor. Her Obi-Wan name was. Kenobi. Ayla Sakura. Yeah, she got she got got she died. She she did get got pretty bad. Yeah, she they shot her. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Times. I'm I'm remembering. I think she has a pretty bad pratfall. Uh, when they start shooting her. Yeah. Um, in that movie. Yeah. Uh, whatever. They got her right in the tuckus. I my the one that always got me was Kiati Mundi because like he's charging in and then like he like realizes no one's following him and he's like. What's going on, guys? No. Do you know what's funny? I watched, like, more behind-the-scenes of Revenge of the Sith recently, and apparently uh-huh. Shock T was supposed to die, like, four times in that movie. Nice. And I'm like, wait. So, like, where... Like, when was this supposed to happen? I don't understand. To quote to quote one George Lucas, I may have gone a little far in a few places. Like, you, you've, you murdered her, I don't know how many different times, and, like, you didn't use any of those? Yeah, it's, uh, it's... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either, buddy. (laughs) Anyway, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, it, it, 
you know, Disney Plus's new uh, thing that it's birthed out into the uh, the streaming I realm. I don't know what you did, but like I was rather hyped about this show. Also, cautiously optimistic. Uh, since I was its both inception. Of those yes, very much. Uh, I think that those are the right emotions to have um, for this because it was it was there was a lot of potential here, and whether or not it it lived up to that potential is what we'll be discussing. So why don't you present our lovely listeners with, uh, like, uh, you know, a synopsis, one that hopefully is faithful to what the story actually is. Okay. So here's what I have. I have for you mm-hmm. a synopsis. It's like a series overview, and hopefully that, that helps out. Yeah. All right, this one comes to us from Rotten Tomatoes. The Jedi Master contends with the consequences of his greatest defeat, the downfall and corruption of his one-time friend and apprentice, Anakin Skywalker, who turned to the dark side as evil Sith Lord, Darth Vader. I don't know about you. Kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, they're not wrong, but like that's also very misleading. I have one here that is like incredibly revealing, and perhaps once we get out of like some of our other ideas, uh, I can I can drop it. I think this one's a little more um, inclusive to like everything that happens, but again, still very revealing in terms of plot detail. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about this? Let's uh, I'll, I'll, you know, let's talk about the the cast and crew. Let's give our non spoiler thoughts, and then we'll dive headfirst into uh, the shit. Yes, I I think so as well. Okay. So, Obi Wan Kenobi series showrunner was Joby Harold, directed by the one the only Deborah Chow. Written by Joby Harold, Hossein Amini, Stuart Beatty, Hannah Friedman, and Andrew Stanton. Cinematography by Chung Hu Chung. Uh, music by Natalie Holt. The theme was composed by the one, the only, John Williams. The man who always swears this project is his last project until his next project. Uh, is true. The, he, is, most, he is known for saying that. His most recent claim is uh, that the new Indiana Jones that's coming out is going to be his last one. Um, I don't believe you, John. <laughs> Work until you're dead. Then I stay mean, longer for uh, for overtime, for time and a half. Be a man, John. Be a man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it was uh, edited by Nicholas Detoth, Kelly Nixon, and Josh Earl. It premiered on Disney Plus, ran from May 27th to June 22nd. And here's our lovely cast. We have Ewan McGregor back, back in the saddle as Obi-Wan Ben Kenobi, Hayden Christensen and James Earl Jones uh, as Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker. We'll, we'll talk about that because uh, I, got, I got things to say. Moses Ingram as the third sister, or Reva Savander. And Chris, I have a good question for you. Did they ever say her last name in the show? I don't, I honestly, I do not think so at all. Yeah, uh, I saw that uh, when I was, like, uh, writing my notes, and I'm like, Savander? (laughs) Where did that come from? Yeah, I don't know. Rupert Friend as the Grand Inquisitor. 
uh, Vivian Lyra Blair as Leia Organa. Oh. <laughs> that was not expecting that. Spoiler uh, alert. I mean, kind of. It's the, like, first episode. Kamel uh, uh, Nanjiani as Haja Estri. Sung Kang as the fifth brother. Indira Varma as Tala Durith. O'Shea Jackson Jr. as Colin Roken. Joel Edgerton as Owen Lars. Bonnie P.S. as Baru Lars. Jimmy motherfucking Smiths as Bail Organa. Jimmy motherfucking Smiths, buddy. Oh my god, he's just the coolest dude. He's Everywhere he shows up, he is the greatest person on screen. Absolutely. Uh, and then there were just like a lot of smaller roles. Uh, some I'm not going to mention right now, but like Benny Safdie. Yeah. Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Zach Braff. Yeah. And Anthony Daniels. Tamura Morrison. So, you know, it's a stacked cast. It's funny because we haven't seen so much in these um, Star Wars shows lately where you have like people who just want to like, like people who are already famous for other stuff who just want to be in Star Wars for, like, a well, bit. I mean, Jason Sudeikis did have a scene in The Mandalorian. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I feel like I haven't seen this since, like, Mando Season 1, where it's just, like, you have, like, a random actor just show up for one scene um, and just to say they've been in Star Wars. I um, mean, gotta say, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it was cool. Like, you know, Benny Safdie, Flea, that's that's cool. Yeah. Z- uh, Zach Braff playing a... Uh, a uh, space trumpster. That was interesting. Yeah, it was. Um, so I think we can get into our overall thoughts. And um, I don't know about you, but as for me, for the most part, I thought it was good. I thought it was uh, it was watchable, but it wasn't anywhere near as good as I felt it could have been. And I feel I feel like there's a lot of wasted potential and meandering when it could have been a very tight focused show. I think a lot of the um, a lot of the advertising was a bit misleading in a few in in certain key aspects. And um, I feel like for you know what it was six episodes. This could have been like maybe three or four episodes, and maybe a movie. And it would have been, it would have been. I, I was think, gonna a say, lot did better. you hear about them like saying they wanted to do a, originally a trilogy of films about Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi? Yeah, that sounds insufferable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's kind of like the prequels themselves. It's leaves a lot to be desired, but you can tell which scenes they really had in mind from the beginning, and uh, those were the ones that obviously had like the most care and attention put into them. So I give it like a like a seven, seven out of ten. So I definitely felt surprised in the direction that they went in with the show. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, you know, once once our first episode started, I was like, oh, like I didn't think this was gonna be in there. So you know, it's I was happy that we had the surprise factor, but as the show progressed. I, I think I, I agree that it did leave a lot to be desired, uh, given the fact that like they were, I think, treading over ground that, you know, uh, like the Star Wars curse has already been treaded, <laughs> and, and um, 
it was kind of unfortunate, but it was nice to see other other, you know, they they did play with my nostalgia to a certain mm-hmm. degree that I was like I could uh, tolerate the the programming overall. Was the show inventive? Not really. <laughs> um but did it were the additions that they made um worthwhile? I wouldn't say so, but it didn't mean I didn't enjoy seeing the things that I saw. And I think that they, you know, it just kind of furthered the points that they had already made. That if you were on the fence about them in the past, that I feel like maybe you shouldn't really be on the fence about them anymore. And so maybe for that fact, you know, I'm not I'm not going to complain just because it's like, all right, I, I like the stuff that I saw before. I like what I'm seeing now. This is pretty great. Now, technically... Uh, I feel like there was points where the show um, was making very similar mistakes that past uh, Boba Fett's and Mandalorians have also made. Um, Safe to say. But also, I did like certain areas where I felt like they were they were adding like you know fidelity substance in some of the production aspects, which I could really appreciate. And, they, and you know they did put more attention to detail and things that should have. Let's say. Although one Obi Wan Kenobi beard, um, <laughs> so I will agree with you overall. Uh, the show I would give it probably about like a seven out of ten. I didn't even know this, Zach. If you look on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. it's about eighty three percent on this season for the average tomato meter. The audience score sixty three percent. That's higher than I thought it would be, considering it's lower uh, than I thought it would be. To be honest, well, unfortunately, we live in a in a world where you can have something that's cool like Star Wars and it's just it's most devoted fans are also it's absolute worst right and uh, there was obviously a very public um, kind of issue with a lot of people you know giving shit to Moses Ingram for being black and being a woman in the show yeah and uh, obviously, like, those people are shitty, and I hope they rot in hell, or at least learn to accept people for their differences and not judge them for them. Yeah. Um, and become better people. But, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it definitely is, is kind of, uh, it's, it's just, it's weird, you know, to be like, in this day and age, I'm like, do I want to tell people I'm a Star Wars fan? Because I feel like there's a a laundry list of assumptions that come with that now. You know, it just really depends on like the type of Star Wars fan you put yourself out to be, I would say. Um, but as we know, Zach, we know kind of sort of the kind of, uh, at least here on script or screen, the type of Star Wars fan you are. Oh, actually, I'll say this, Zach. You, you seem to be taking a little uh, a note out of Kenobi's book right now with the, the look you got. And I really appreciate it. I, you know, this at this point we need the uh, the visual element to our uh, our episodes so that That's... our audience can see that like this wonderful Ewan McGregor you got going on. Hello there. And the rebuttal. Uh, uh, hello there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I grew it just for this episode. I figured um, as much. But but uh, yes, go please. No, I'm, I I just I feel like I want to kind of circle into the show 
and and kind of go through some of these these thoughts that we had um in a more spoilery um in a very a more spoilery attitude just because i i will be honest with you the kind of the very first episode it um it intrigued me in in the show's direction and i think i can't i can't dance around it anymore we have to get into it all right so there you hear it ladies and gentlemen those are our non-spoilery thoughts for obi-wan kenobi um if you haven't watched it yet uh yeah i would say give it a shot it's better than it is bad and i'll um, tell you what i definitely enjoyed it more than boba fett oh absolutely i i've enjoyed uh pieces of my dog's uh uh poop more than i'll I'll tell you what my dog shit in my house this morning because you're like better than boba fett better than boba fett Anyway, we're going full spoilers into Obi-Wan Kenobi now, so if you haven't watched and you don't want to be spoiled, now's the time to put us on mute and keep the episode running so we get the views or (laughs) listens, whatever. And come back and listen to it again once you watch Obi-Wan Kenobi. There's your spoiler. Three, two, one. Get out. Dude, um, the fact that this show opened up with Alderaan... Yes. That is kind of insane. I had... Except... I, I really... I don't know why, but I feel like I should have expected that. Yeah, did it open on Alderaan? Well, you know what I'm talking about. Like, like well, the we fact can, that we got Alderaan, we got in the Alderaan, first. we got Jimmy Smith, and we got a uh, young baby Leia. Yeah. Why the hell did I not expect that? I feel like that that's very on on theme with Star Wars to the day, and and they fucking surprised the shit out of me. Yeah, it was it was definitely an interesting thing. I have to uh, now. Uh, go to one of my... I have a section in my notes called Little Deets slash Nitpicks. Um, so I do want to say, um, I don't know what kind of builders uh, they have on Alderaan, nor do I know uh, what they're capable of in a 10-year time span. Mm-hmm. But um, the Alderaan we see in the show is way more built up than the one we see in Revenge of the Sith. Ah, uh, not really. I think in, when they go to it in Revenge of the Sith at the end, it's literally like, one castle on a mountain. No, it looks like fucking paradise, dude. It looks like, and and I'll tell you what. Even in like the Knights of the Old Republic, not the Knights of the Old, but it's like the Old Republic MMO game. It like gives me the same vibes. It's like this utopia place, um, except there was a war in that game, so I won't go into that. Um, anyways, but is that well? Maybe. maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. Like I, I was just surprised that we even get that far. Um, or, or we, we get to that, uh, that point. Um, and also this, that kind of becomes the central, uh, plight of the show is, is kind of Leia's, um, you know, kidnapping. Yeah. And honestly, I'm not, I I wasn't thrilled about it. I wasn't either. It's it's just like, it's just. It's a show about Obi-Wan Kenobi. I really thought we were going to focus on Obi-Wan Kenobi, and there was a lot of things that it's like, yeah, I I can accept that she had this crazy space adventure with a Jedi Knight, and she just never chose to speak about it. Um, It's fine. I, I can suspend I I mean, I would actually argue that, like, because that this happened, it left more questions to be asked. Than it, than it gave answers for. Yeah, 
I'm just trying not to be a dick about it. Right. Um, but then, like, we also got in the same episode. Like, we got uh, great scenes with, with Jimmy Smith and stuff. But we also get that, like, horrible chase scene with... Um, by the way, I'm sorry if there's some background noise. I think it's raining outside. No, you're right fine. outside my window right here. I don't hear um, anything. Well, if you don't hear anything, they don't hear anything. That's probably not true. Um... Just like you know, you, you know the the chase scene when when uh, Flea and all the people are are like running Leia down, and she's like a ten year old who looks yeah. like a six year old, just like outrunning adults. Yeah, and one of them gets stopped by a very small tree branch, and it's just. I mean, I'll tell you, what, it's not worse than the chase scene in Boba Fett where they were on like the the <laughs> moped bikes that looked like they were from the. Year I don't know this. Something. For me, this might be tied... Eh, okay, this one not as bad as the Boba Fett high-speed, low-speed chase, but... Um, <laughs> high-speed, low-gear. Exactly. But this one was... I was kind of like, God, this, this is the first episode, and this is... Your first episode should be like... You know, this is you, you trying to, to rope in your audience, and I'm seeing this, and I'm like... I mean, I can't say oh, I wasn't roped have, in. I can't we have five s- more episodes. Of this. I can't say I wasn't roped in, dude. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like they, they've hit all the uh, the nodes, the receptors of the nostalgia, and also just like kind of exploring other parts of Star Wars in live action, like the inclusion of like the Grand Inquisitor and like yeah. the other, like the Fifth Brother and stuff. Like, can I ask you something? Yes, sir. And this is gonna tie into a complaint I have later. Why couldn't they make his head correct? I mean, I have that complaint, too. In 2005, they had one of these aliens in Revenge of the Sith, and he looked great. And I just don't understand why why he looked like the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. I was thinking more like Michelin Man. Okay, I mean, yes, just, yeah, just... I mean, you want the uh, the logical answer or you want the bullshit answer? Both. The logical answer is, and, and we can relate this to one X-Men Dark Phoenix as opposed to X-Men First Class, uh, is about the amount of time it takes to do certain makeup. Um, so, I don't know if you remember, but uh, yes. Jennifer Lawrence, mm-hmm. she looked rather crappy in the blue makeup in in. It's almost Dark like Phoenix. they stopped trying. It's almost like they stopped trying because she didn't want to sit four hours in a chair to to, to blue herself. She didn't, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, I guess the the next piece is that. Um, so for this film, actually, and I'll be honest with you, it doesn't make any sense. The makeup detail was rather different than it was, let's say, in episode three, almost fifteen years ago, seventeen years ago, actually. Um, that, uh, I, I guess then it didn't really matter, like, how it was so detailed. Yeah, it was up close, but this guy wasn't doing any action, and it probably took I a lot guess. more time. But but here's the thing, Zach. Here's the fucking complaint. What action did the Grand Inquisitor actually do in this show? I don't know, man. And, they and, they could know, have afforded a little I more the, time there. I saw the memes that, you know, obviously, like, he is seemingly killed off, and then he comes back at the end, and the... I saw the means where it's like the only way we could save him is by stretching his head out. <laughs> and that somehow healed his wounds. Listen, I can give this show a lot of crap. I can say a lot of stuff is good about it. You know what bothers me? What? Is just... 
I've said this before, I'll say it again. I want Star Wars to be different. I want Star Wars to try new things, take risks, not even take risks, do other types of stories because Star Wars seems stuck. There, you know, I I love the idea of Obi Wan leaving Tatooine because Tatooine sucks. Tatooine does suck. Anakin was right on that one. It's it's just the worst place ever, um, and I'm tired of looking at it. Um, I'm glad we really only spent two episodes there, kind of. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason for him leaving is a little lame. I you know why. Is it that this is the next, this is a new unrelated story to, like, the other Star Wars uh, shows we've gotten, but it's still a warrior who is now protecting a child as they travel the galaxy together. Fucking why? Why? (laughs) And then on top of that, they go to, like, two other desert planets throughout the run of this show I don't I don't know what Star Wars is doing people don't want to see this I just it's I feel like I'm watching these shows and I'm going crazy but there were there were high points to it Zach there were I'm not I'm not denying that but it's like <laughs> I don't know I, there were points in the show where I honestly felt like they thought their audience was stupid um, but we'll get into that. Um, I'll say this. As much as I didn't love the idea of having Princess Leia in the show. Yeah. I like parts of, of, I, I thought the, the actress, the young actress they got was, was good. And, um, I liked that she wasn't an absolute total liability. You know, to- yeah. very very true to Leia's character. She's yeah. she's pretty independent, and even as a ten year old, she she was able to bounce wits off Obi Wan pretty well. And um, I, I was gonna say that that's kind of like what I was referring to when when I kind of spoke about like it's sort of an additive piece that doesn't reinvent the wheel, but it just yeah. you know it makes her character a little stronger. Yeah, um, which is great. A- oh, go ahead. Yeah, um, I. I will say, like, I think I could tolerate it more so in the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, about, like, okay, maybe this is just part of the plight, but this should not be the whole thing. Lo and behold, it's the whole thing. You know when Dude, I thought I- it was the whole thing? Or when I didn't think it was going to be the whole thing? When when you and McGregor uh, word blurted at uh, celebra- celebration that there were going to be episodes uh, 7 through 10. And I'm like, oh, yeah. You told me about that, and then I was he, like, he oh, announced no. it, but I'm like, oh, I guess it was, he was just doing a thing, like he was just playing with the audience. But he's just like, oh, episodes one, two, three, four, five, and six, and then he's like, and seven, and eight, and nine, and ten, and I'm like, oh shit, are you really announcing? And then, and then behind the scenes, uh, Kathleen Kennedy's like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh god. Um, yeah, I honestly thought that by the end of the second episode, I was like, okay. We did a little side mission, and that got Obi-Wan out into the galaxy, and now he's in trouble with the Inquisitors. Let's go. But no, no. They spent the next four episodes just really just escorting a little girl around the galaxy. It's fine. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm a little mad. Um, I'll say this. With Princess Leia, they kept her around, and they made her not a total liability. 
great, cool, I'm on board, except that when she did get captured, it's you can't do anything with that. Yeah. Because obviously she's not going to die. Obviously Obi-Wan's not going to die. And so, like, you're, you're watching this, and I have to now sit through a scene where Reva, who, listen, I'm going to say this, Moses Ingram did a great job. She's a fantastic actor, just really nailed uh, a lot of her scenes, nailed the emotion, um, but I'm sorry, this, it makes her character, it makes Reva seem like a giant chump when she's being mad-dogged by by a 10-year-old. I'm like, why am I, Why is anyone supposed to be intimidated by these Inquisitors when a 10-year-old isn't intimidated by them? Yeah. And I get it. You don't want to... You don't want to make Leia look like, you know, weak, but also Leia's a child in this. So I would understand if these were the things that kind of turned her into the more of a... the cool-headed, you know, badass yeah. person we meet in the original trilogy. Because here she's ten years old. I don't need her to be, like, you know, stonewalling everyone. And it just makes Reva look, like, particularly incompetent when she can't even scare a child. Yeah. at You know, um, I just feel like it didn't... It wasn't the greatest dynamic in the world, especially because Reva's supposed to be, like, this powerful... You know, new Grand Inquisitor. I mean, she wasn't Grand Inquisitor then, by that point. I think it was just that she was uh, a very determined, uh, inquisitorious person, <laughs> you know. And beyond that, I'm sitting there. She goes and she, like, drops, like, the piece of wood with the Jedi symbol on the table. And she's like, Jedi are on the loose. I need to do my job to keep the galaxy safe, Leia. Where are the Jedi? And I'm like, first of all, this is a child you're speaking to. One, you can't get information out of a child. You suck at interrogations. Two, why would a child know? Right. You know. there. She's like overplaying her hand. Or her yeah. cards. Um, or the writers are just bad. Or the writers are bad. Now. I mean. I don't know if the writers are whatever. bad, Zach. Because, you know, now that we've been talking, I, it has come back to my mind of where the show actually begins. It's not an alteran. It's not. The show begins with a new addition to the Chronicles of Order 66. Uh, which was also uh, prefaced with a, uh, a what, what do you call it, a parental advisory uh, disclaimer at the beginning. Like, hey, we didn't mean to release this a week after a mass shooting. Um, Yikes. Yeah. That and Stranger Things both had um, they uh, had the... To. They had to. Uh, it's not their fault that both shows happen to begin with a lot of child murder. Um, but, well, you know, there it is. But, one, how dare they break our hearts again? They just, Star Wars is continually doing this at it's every It's almost like they're afraid to take. It's almost like they're afraid to do anything else, so they have to keep playing the same beats all over again. And making us sad. But going back to the same story beats they always go to because they're afraid that but, if they do anything else, people will give them shit. Because the one perspective, it's from a new perspective. But because the one time they tried to do something different, everyone gave them shit for it, and they said never again. When did they try to do something different? Last Jedi. 
Oh, I loved that. I know. I loved The Last Jedi. I did too. It was so great. Whatever oh, happened like, to that? I just, I'm so unhappy with Star Wars now. <laughs> anyway, you know what? Yeah, the, the stuff with Order 66 was uh, effective, I think. And um, it helped uh, us kind of establish one of our, our main antagonists, you know, like in a sense. Yes. like, And it was great. Like, we also got like a brand through the, the those scenes how little they were we had new footage of uh hayden christensen as early darth vader yes uh, before pre uh mustafar incident <laughs> pre pre-fire um pre-fire the, guy the unburnt as there. they would say on game of thrones and so that was pretty great or, i guess the soon to be burnt anyway now, now the whole thing with the inquisitors though like it it kind of sucks because which thing are you referring to? Because a lot of you, their you stuff really is kind you of really suck. have no context of the Inquisitors uh, unless you're familiar you, with yes, the okay. video games or with the um, the like animated series Star Wars Rebels exactly, and that's kind of unfortunate because I feel like the introduction of the Inquisitors, though very striking, you could tell these were very important people, and then at one point when we see their lightsabers, we understand like okay, these are dark force wielders but they're not sith because of the rule of two you know like the dumbest uh, the, the dumbest thing george lucas could have ever right, done right up there with the midichlorians anyways so <laughs> it's um i just feel like there wasn't a, enough backing backing like there wasn't enough establishing in terms of who exactly they were I mean, you kind of got the idea as we went on, but then mm-hmm. you had people like the fifth brother, who was already a character that they brought into live action, um, and then this other unnamed Inquisitor. Uh, I don't even think they give her like a name or a number of which one she is, but the role they played were just supposed to be foils to Reva, you know? Yeah, basically. And and the thing is, is that like, okay, but what did it matter who had what place and who had what favor with? Uh, Vader, if they were never going to be one, it's the kind of same thing with Leia. Like we know Leia doesn't die. We know Ben's not going to die rescuing Leia, right? And so the yes. thing is, we never see these people ever in the other films. You know, like so, like what role will these characters obviously have to play? And so the the amount of time they gave them on screen, Regard, I mean, very inconsequential as a whole, just because it didn't matter because they won't matter later on. So then, why even have them? You yeah, know? I I, I want to talk about this because um, there's a lot of stuff in this story that just feels unnecessary. Um, and okay, listen, I know that this show really, if you want to strip it down to its barest essentials, it is a vehicle to get Obi Wan and Vader to fight again. That's really the only thing it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, Haja, uh, Camille Nanjiani's character, is a fun character, you know, I like the idea that he's, he's basically get, making money off faking being a Jedi, and, but he's helping people, kind of, and it's a, he, it's a lot, there's a lot of potential for fun stuff, but it, there, the show does nothing with it. He is a scumbag until Obi-Wan says, hey, stop it. And then he goes, okay, I'm a good guy now. 
And Roken is cool. Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. did, I think, a solid job with his character, but we hardly get any time with him. We don't learn anything about him besides the fact that he just really hates the Empire. I mean, it's not exactly... uh, Not exactly compelling. Everyone hates the Empire. Right. Um, The only one we really, really get much depth on is uh, Indira Varma's uh, Tala Durith. She was a great character. And she she does some cool stuff. She um, people have have pointed out that you know you know her, she sacrifices herself uh, in episode was it episode five, and that may be kind of instilled in Obi Wan's mind the idea of sacrificing yourself to let others escape, which would then be seen in A New Hope. Um, that's that's kind of cool, but at the same time, it's like. She does it. We don't get enough from her, and I know from seeing her in Game of Thrones that she's a good actress. She's a good actor. She can do lots of interesting stuff, and she gets some interesting lines. But it's like at the end of the day, not much of it really goes anywhere. I, I would um, say the the one thing I like about her character is that it does give us a new perspective on. Well, I mean, not that we didn't have this before, because I think Bill Burr's character kind of does the same thing. But it tells us like a story of like somebody that like joined the Empire was was mm-hmm. a part of the Empire and then defected, as well. Yeah, basically. And so like those stories are very interesting, um, in and of themselves. Just because like you know those are perspectives we didn't get in Star Wars of the early two thousands and Star Wars of the late seventies and eighties. You know, it's right. just, it's a very new idea now that it's like okay, I. If we're gonna get an influx of those stories now, I'll that I can accept that because it's still a very new idea that they're incorporating into this franchise. Yeah, um, it's you know there's a lot of interesting stories to I, tell of people. I, I would I will say like she's probably one of the strongest supporting characters that we that we got. I would say probably stronger than Roken and Haja. Um, oh, absolutely. And then uh, additionally, um, so, uh, you know, I would I say hers. Is similar to Moses Ingram? No, she kind of plays as like the mirror of that because Moses Ingram was kind of indoctrinated into Inquisitors not being one. She was just force sensitive, and then yeah, she joined in after kind of like faking it, and then like maybe she had a plan to get back at Vader, so to speak, you know, mm-hmm. later on. So th- there, there, there's a kind of weird parallel between like their journeys, but like obviously they have different roots um, within them. So it's kind of nice to see them kind of bring that to the light from like both like a force user and non-force user like in in the whole imperial war machine. Um now where does that leave us though? Cuz we still have a lot of you know I don't want to call them hollow characters but very one-dimensional. It's yeah. I I think the the this story was just missing a lot of focus. I think if they had condensed some of the characters, maybe a few different characters into a single character, that might have been interesting. Maybe Haja and Roken could have been the same character. A scumbag. Just fucking ditch Haja completely. Or like a scumbag who becomes good and then goes to help the the resistance, the the the, the rebellion. He becomes the leader of the rebels? Maybe he is the spark that will light the fire that will burn the empire down i don't know but, but, anyway 
Let me. You know who was a, a really great character? I think this was in episode three. His introduction was the the role that Zach Braff played. Uh, what was his name? Uh, he was an alien of sorts. He's like Frank or something. But uh, yeah, he's the he's the uh, space drumster. He's he's the pro empire space boy. Uh, and it's really interesting to see like the average show that does that because that's also a perspective we've never really seen. It's yeah, that is on the more fascinating stuff the show presents. Um, and if we could get more stuff like that of more of just almost like slice of life during the Empire's reign, that could present some very interesting stories. I feel like we get a lot more of those in the other Star Wars properties, like the animated series. But, like, when they have the ability to put it in the live action, I think they're afraid that they don't have enough time to go into some of these, you know, more um, more interesting takes that they they get to kind of play with across, like, 20-something episodes right. in, in cartoon format, which is unfortunate. Well, this is, this is uh, what, it, you know, and I'm more surprised by this every day. Um, but why I'm getting more and more interested in the Andor series, because they've talked about in that show, they're going to very much explore how not every planet that sided with the Empire did so by force. Um, that a lot of these uh, systems and, and planets were indoctrinated and lured in with promises and and um, that that not everything was, you know, join us by gunpoint. Um, so we might get a few more moments like this in Andor, which will also be, you know, very probably closer in timeline to um, to A New Hope than this show was, I think, maybe. You know, it's funny. I like that you brought up Andor because I, I kind of want to bring up two relationships that I can see between... Like how and Andor looks like it's taking, uh, you know, that it's using in versus how Kenobi dealt with with some things, um, and one of those being the relationship of, you know, like the the political figures in mm-hmm. the the Star Wars universe and like let's say like the the Imperial Senate, right? Yeah. They look like they look at people like uh, Senator Organa almost as like lesser because they know that he had like known ties with like you know a Jedi for, a Jedi and like former republic like you know good people so to speak versus like imperial sympathizers he's more former republic uh upholder i don't know what that's, would i would i be interested in a, a star wars show that's just about like the the politics absolutely do you think bill organ is going to be in uh, andor he might he might Pop his head up. I mean, he's Dude. in Rogue One. Oh my god. To see him and like Mon Mothma kicking it? Absolutely. Oh, I'd be all for it. But like, they also thought like, oh, well, they're gonna kidnap uh, his daughter so that, you know, they're gonna get this Jedi out. Like, I wonder, like, you know, we hear in the trailer Mon Mothma say like, oh, they're watching me. You know, right. like, so I wonder if that could come to play again because like, they obviously did not like Bail Organa. They used his daughter against him to lead out it's- this other... This other It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, going back to Kenobi, though, I, I did want to... Yes, you're you're signaling me. I did have one more point. It is going Please. back to Kenobi, though, but it's more okay. on the production side of, like, kind of a complaint I have. Okay. Like, um, let me let me just uh, say uh, 
there's a few things I want to talk into, and then I did actually want to get into the production side of things. Um, but uh, real fast, I just wanted to touch on kind of a few aspects about about the writing characterizations and stuff the, that I felt, you know, were, are worth mentioning. Um, one, just a lot of plot points that just go nowhere. Um, for a, a story focused on Obi-Wan and Anakin, we get almost nothing uh, between them. I was expecting and hoping for more flashbacks um, of them... Uh, you know, fleshing out their friendship and stuff. I was really hoping, I I think I had said this to you several times before the show came out, that I was really banking on, like, finally getting the live-action Clone Wars armor that they oh, wear. yeah, yeah. That would have been really cool. Um, I, I just think that, you know, a lot of wasted potential there. I think the whole thing of Reva turning Leia's droid Lola into a tracker and then it basically becoming like a, a sabotage tool is interesting until Leia just turns the, the bad off and everything's fine. Um, and then also, what's up with the bodies in Fortress Inquisitorious? Uh, never touched on after that scene, never spoken of again. It's just kind of like, oh... The Inquisitors have bodies in their basement. That's okay. Yeah, not, right. We're not, we're not gonna. You're not. You don't want to say anything about. Okay, fine. Um, whatever. <laughs> I, I I like that. You know, it's funny is that you bring up a good point. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, yeah. They did that in Rebels. They um they had like the bodies explain- of like dead Jedi. I don't know, remember if they explained it, but I remember there was an episode where they, like, used it as a lure, because they were trying to fake some of the, um, some of the Jedis, like, calling out, and then when they came, they saw they were dead and their bodies were in there, so it's like, I don't I don't remember the relevance of it, but I'm hoping it doesn't just, tie back to the whole dark cloning thing. I just kind of hope that, like, I, I, I wish that, like, I don't know, one of the Inquisitors had, like, walked in on Obi-Wan while he was, like, look at all the bodies, and they're like, look, I can explain. <laughs> So, I I don't know. I I want I'm gonna transition to maybe one of my more final complaints before. Please, and then I, I and then I and then I do want to touch on some positives. I I have a lot of positives because this I don't want I don't want to end on a negative. We have no. been shitting we've been shitting mercilessly on this show, and we're not done. No, uh, this is a this is a con pro con sandwich. So it, it kind of is. So the last bad thing that I realized that I don't think that this show did as well and I'm kind of glad that they're moving away from it so mm-hmm. to speak hopefully they'll move further away than they say they are yeah um was some of the some of the more technical aspects being some of the CGI or some of the use of this the stagecraft stage uh-huh. um and I would say it's probably most notably like the, the, the biggest one for me is when they are um when they are in this Daya city, what is it called? Is it called Daya? In the second the, the episode? The city, yeah. Dayu? The, whatever the, it is. Uh, Kirkland brand Coruscant. I, which I loved. It was a great location, and I love seeing this type of, like, environment, because it reminds... Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It, it reminds me of the nightlife in Coruscant. It reminds me of, like, the video games, like, when you'd see Nar Shada, Like, it looks awesome. And, like, I'm, I'm, I wish we would get, like, almost a full return to one of these planets, and, you know, we would do a whole season just in this one locale. Not gonna that would happen. be cool. That would be cool. I don't know that that's going to happen. 
I want to see a series and, about a a he's okay. So he's a he's a an alien, right? And he is diagnosed with with I don't know some kind of like space disease, right? And space is um, disease. Well, right, but like what what so whatever Star Wars has, that's like their form of like cancer, right? And then and then he's like I. I, he he finds out from his brother in law that like death sticks, uh, uh, the, they traffic for really high prices, and he and his family they don't have a lot of credits to their name, so maybe he's really good at making death sticks, and his death sticks happen to be blue. Um, and also and- he used to be like almost the leader of like a really amazing company. Uh, yeah, and then, yes, yeah, and- something happened. He's he's got a real bad inferiority complex, and then like one day he meets up with his with his like old student because he's a teacher, and his old student really likes to say "dank ferric." Oh and, god. Um, I don't what know I'm that saying I'm ready is, for that. I, I want Star Wars Breaking Bad. Anyway, what were you talking about? So when we get onto the rooftops of Dayu, um, and we start getting to the point of. I think Reva almost has, like, a Batman scene where she's looking down to the town. There is, like, a composition issue that it's just, like, you do not look like you're on top of this rooftop and there's an amazing sky behind you. Like, you look like garbage, like, superimposed on there. And I hated it. It's... There's there's a lot of, um... You can kind of tell, like, where some of the scenes organize themselves. Like, when they're in, like, the the Rebellion kind of hideout on the one planet, it's, like, all coved in. It's like, okay... Yeah, <laughs> that's a stage, you know, and I like we can kind of tell what's happening there. And it's like, ah, I wish not that I need open, vast landscapes and everything. But like, ah, I just feel like I wish I would notice it less. And maybe it's just me specifically, just because I have a, You know, we have an eye for these things. We look out for these things. And maybe the average person doesn't really notice. But it's like, um, it's kind of annoying having this. Foresight. I, I also saw a lot of budgetary things that really drove me a little insane with this show that I want to talk about, but I do want to talk about the positives, because I don't want to just be shitting on this that, show. This was I'm, the last negative I had, I think. Uh, it's I had not nothing. the last negative I have, so buckle in, because let's talk some positives. Where it does work, oddly enough, I feel is with what's familiar, um, but it also, see, I'm trying to be positive, but I have, when I talk about these things, I have to kind of be negative. Um... <laughs> Uh, it there's a lot of Disney slash Lucasfilm bullshitting that went on here. Um, Joel Edgerton is fantastic uh, as Owen Lars. He really brings a lot of uh, complex emotions to the character. Uh, he obviously wants to do what's best for Luke, um, but he also isn't just gonna throw Obi Wan under the bus. Um, and I really thought, I didn't know how much of, uh, the show he was going to be in. Probably just the right amount, um, I would say. You know, we get a few scenes at the beginning, a few scenes at the end. Uh, he, and then by the end, he, he does allow, uh, Obi-Wan to meet Luke. So I thought that was a very nice moment. Um, Jimmy Smits, always a delight whenever he shows up, is just, just, he shows up, he is a, you know, just a, a net good in the world, 
and yeah. uh, anytime, and I'll never get tired. He could show up in every show, and I would never get tired of seeing. I just him. still remember how excited I was seeing him in Rogue One. Yeah, like absolutely. I was just like, oh, this is so perfect, and he's like the right age, and it's like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. Uh, you gotta Hayden admit, Christensen. Okay, yeah. Oh yes, uh, he returns as Anakin for exactly three point one sequences or scenes. And they're good, but but that is all he's in. I did James tell you that I felt like in the the only three scenes that he had, it was probably the best acting he's ever done as Anakin Skywalker. Oh, oh absolutely. Then, then in the last eight hour, nine hours of films, or it's, <laughs> I guess it's more like six hours of films that we've received of him in episodes two and three. And For sure. That... Even in like some of the just the line delivery, I definitely know that he was channeling like Matt Lanter, Anakin mm-hmm. in Clone Wars, and it's like, oh, dude, like yes, this is exactly this is everything that we needed. And in in those moments, it brought me back like to the show that I'm like, dude, this is um, this is it. Like this is why I'm watching this. Yeah, it was good, but I mean, literally, he's hardly in the show, and he was, I mean, they marketed the show so heavily with Hayden Christensen's coming back. He's he's Darth Vader. No, he's not. James Earl Jones is handles almost every Vader scene in, as far as the voice. And, and, I, and it's not even James Earl Jones. Huh? It's yeah, not, I know. Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. And, God. Why, Star Wars? Why do you continue to hurt me? But I'm not as I'm upset sorry. about it as you are. And, and there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people in the fan base who are in denial, and they're like, "No, that was definitely Hayden Christensen in the armor and the helmet. Like, absolutely, no, it wasn't. Not for you every really scene. Think that, no, not li- the only scenes where it's Hayden Christensen is when you can see his face. I'm sorry, they're not going to pay Hayden Christensen money to walk around in pantomime." As Darth Vader, they might um, if they, if it's cheaper than a uh, stuntman. No, um, I just do you think Hayden Christensen would be cheaper than a stuntman? I mean, it depends on what his contract says. I just mm, like even Pedro Pascal has said like a like a third. He's only like Mando a third of the time. Well, he became Mando even less in season two, and I can yeah. imagine it's probably going to be even less in season three. Right, so like, which is kind like, of dumb. I just don't think I I do not believe that Hayden Christensen was ever Vader until unless his helmet was off. Um, I I can I can believe that. Now, speaking of Vader, my biggest complaint of Vader for the I last like done, s- I thought you were oh, okay. No, no for the last you, like several films, you got me in the first half. Not gonna lie, <laughs> is that I always felt like Darth Vader. My biggest complaint that whenever he's brought back, it's it's just that I one think James Earl Jones' aging voice doesn't sound as Darth Vadery as it used to. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah, the, it, that's a big complaint with the um, the new Lion King too is that they like ruin Mufasa's I, voice. I don't want to say that they ruin it. He's just getting older, and that's the thing. And I totally understand that. It makes sense. But at the same time, I wouldn't want to recast him. So this idea that they went and like had his voice put into some sort of AI where they could kind of like generate it as they please and kind of you know manufacture it to sound like peak you know Empire Strikes Back Darth Vader, I fucking love that idea. 
Way to immortalize it's, that man and it's, cut him a check. Honestly, I, I, guess am, I am 100,000% okay with it. I Just because I love the way that it sounded then and the fact that... What happens that they could when he dies? It, well, gets, if, do if, they pay his family? Yeah, if they pay his estate and everything, like, fuck it. You know, like, who gives a fuck? Milk that cow until that fucker's dead. Oh, no. And then milk him some more. Oh, God. Get paid, um, James Earl Jones. Honestly, yay. no, if he's if he's getting paid and he has to do less work because of it, they just need the rights to do it, fuck yeah. And he still gets the, the credit, fuck yeah. I will say that there's some great That's the capitalist moments. in me talking. The part, the part where he rushes in on Reva and he's like, you were warned. Dude, he, yeah, that, that, was, was like, that wasn't even the best. The best scene is when him... And and Obi Wan are looking across the fire. He's like, "What have you become?" And he's like, "I, I am, am what, what you, you made me." That that was by far the best piece of dialogue Darth Vader has ever had in his existence of being it's, on screen. It's by up there. far. It's if it's one of he, the fucking best. The only see this is why I wish sometimes the shows would take from the comics a bit because like my favorite Darth Vader line ever. Is in is in the comics when like the the rebels are all surrounding him and they're like they're like, you're surrounded and he's like the only thing I'm surrounded by is fear and dead men. It's like Shit. that's pretty badass. Yeah, um, but let's talk Darth Vader. Let's talk about Obi Wan. Let's segue because um, they had two fights in this show. Two, yeah. not one. Two, they had two. Uh, and both of them were purposeful and weighty and thematic, and they had great choreography. Um, I think in episode three, Vader's decision to just like really just maliciously burn Obi Wan—that was the fucking best thing ever, dude. Um, I love that's just desserts right there. Nothing really, but sweet cream and berries. <laughs> it really emphasized just how far Anakin has fallen. Just how he just he fights with such anger oh, and such. I fucking loved it. You know, we could probably just do an entire episode on their episode six clash, um, but it goes without saying that it's that that episode is the best episode. That fight is probably one of the best fights Star Wars has ever seen. Um, their final, you know, their final confrontation is full of like really cool and creative applications, like the part where like. Obi-Wan swings on him and he just force blocks the lightsaber um and Obi-Wan just you know like using the back end of his lightsaber to bash in uh Vader's chest uh control panel yeah um that was pretty good you know we didn't really talk about this but like we there's a very big like important like plot point at the beginning of the show where it's just that like um much like Luke Skywalker, Obi Wan had like cut himself off from the Force. Yes, and and so he it took him a little bit to kind of regain his strength and also his that control and that understanding over the Force that he once had. Here's the thing: a lot of people complained about this, and they complained about it in the same way they complained about Luke in uh, the Last Jedi. And when listening to their arguments, I can almost understand why someone would be would not be cool with what happened in Last Jedi with Luke. I don't understand why anyone would have a problem with it with um, Obi-Wan. Because I'm like, what's the last thing we saw from Obi-Wan is his whole world fell apart because of the dude he taught. And then he thought he watched that guy burn to death. If I was Obi-Wan, I probably would have given up on the Force as well. 
Oh, well, I mean, also, if you kind of look at it this way, like, the Force is also a means of, like, communication for other fucking Force-sensitive people. They can, like, sense the Force around all these other fucking people. So, if Obi-Wan wants to make sure that he's not, like, found, you know, cutting himself off would pretty much, like, help that situation. That's also why Luke did it, you know? Like, so, like, with that logic, like, smart decisions... Um, but, like, seeing kind of the come up on his strength and that reconnection with the Force, and then, like, we also get to see that, like, in his performance while he's fighting. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. Yeah, I, it was uh, good. I think it just, it added more to the character. It added more passion to the fight. Like, it just, and and also, we didn't, I want to compliment the hell out of Ewan McGregor. We all know he's a great fucking performer. As yes. an actor, like, he, ha- that man has range and he can do a lot, even though sometimes he's fed garbage. Um, because I mean, he is from time to time, you know, we have to accept it. But like, there are times where like he can shine. Like, we got to see the most vulnerable and emotional Obi Wan Kenobi in ever in existence, and uh, Ewan McGregor takes the fucking cake. Like every time he says he's sorry to Anakin, and every time you see like another tear in his eye. Maybe he had a little slip ups with like the accent and the voice in the very beginning, but you know, by the yeah, end he got it. I don't it. care about that. Yeah, I mean, I think I noticed it when he said one or two words. It was like, is this Obi-Wan Kenobi or is this Ewan McGregor? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, by the end, it was it was all solved. And at yeah. the same time, I'm like, you know what? Like, this man really did. Like, I'm so glad he's back doing this just because, like, he's there's so much growth in his acting, like from the 20, almost the 20 year period that he hadn't been in this character. And he's had it's- such great roles and everything like in Fargo um, it's always interesting when you have a char- an actor who the circumstances that they find themselves in at the time of doing a role sort of reflect the character. So, like, Obi-Wan has been out of the game for a while, and now he's having to step back into it. And, consequently, Ewan McGregor has been out of the Star it's, Wars it's game. It's very befitting. And now he's back into it. Yeah, no, it works. Uh, He does a great job. And I would be remiss also if I didn't lastly mention as far as, as like, kind of analyzing the writing of it all, um, the scene in episode five, which I shouldn't say scene, the sequence of Anakin and Obi-Wan training and sparring together pre-episode 2 pre-Attack of the Clones I should say um and using that whole fight that they have that whole sparring match as a framing device for the conflict in episode 5 to showcase Darth Vader's impulsiveness Mm -hmm. um because that was a very cool idea of just you know Obi-Wan's greatest edge he has over Vader is that he's a lot smarter than Vader and he has experience and he knows how Vader thinks and getting to see that play out and getting to see a pre attack of the clones, Anakin and Obi-Wan going at it was cool. But oh God, here it comes. I am going to, I am going to segue this into some of the production side of things because did, was it just me or is there a lot about this show that just it didn't look great. Uh, I felt that the budget here was very tight. Um, 
the the some of the planets looked kind of cheap. Like I'm sorry, the the desert planet they go to in episode three um, was just like I don't know. It was like Tatooine, but with a little bit of grass. It was a little barren. <laughs> and that whole fight at the Imperial checkpoint, I felt that whole set was just very. It was just so small. Like I'm sorry, I'm looking at this. I literally, I'm, I told you this. I was looking at the uh, this checkpoint, and I'm like, you could walk around it. It's blocking the road, but you could you can see where you could get around it. Like, why do they think that we're not wanting good production value on this? It's like it, this didn't even look as good as like Mando season one. In a lot of places, um, and and it, then it extended. Oh, I will say in the checkpoint, I did like the stormtrooper getting cut in half when he fell on the gate. That was kind of cool. Um, but when you get into like some of the other stuff, I'm I'm a little iffy because like we've seen them do like the deep fake Luke Skywalker both in Mando and Boba Fett, right? Like, and it looks passable. It's it's not perfect but it's it's there and it looks decent in certain scenes when he's not moving and we know that they have the money Disney has the money to do digital de-aging so why do they have 41 year old Hayden Christensen's face when it's supposed to be like an 18 to 19 year old I prefer actually the way that they did it versus them trying to de-age them he's just like he just looks like an he looks like a you know, middle-aged dude. I, I, I don't know. I feel like they got away with it. I, I was, they, I was happy that they, they did him as is versus try to de-age him because I feel like if they would have tried to de-age him. I don't know that the result would have been. Here's the thing: you can de-age someone non-digitally. There's analog de-aging. They've done it for lots of movies before. Oh, I mean, um, yeah, that's makeup and shit. Yeah, you know? what, but like, like, could they do nothing? I mean, I'm sure they did something, but maybe like not like you know excess. I just, um, <laughs> I was, I was more than happy with it. Like, I liked it, and I think actually, like, thank God Obi Wan grow his hair and his beard because it it tied in with the fucking episode two hair perfectly. Uh, and I'm glad that at no point he thought, let me shave this, even if we ever have to reshoot every <laughs> anything. Like, what a fucking smart man that is. There you um, go. Um, and then I felt like there's just a lot of scenes that are in the dark. And I felt like they used a lot of the darkness to hide some of the not-so-great CGI. Like, I get that the final battle between Obi-Wan and Vader is supposed to be dark. And the planet, it's nighttime. And it's atmospheric. Um, and listen, I love it when... I was going to say, it, I don't know if you're familiar in the Star Wars lore, but the, I I don't know which planet they were on in the final battle, but it almost re, it reminded me of that of Malachor from the Knights of the Old Republic games. I believe you. Um, but I don't know. I just felt like even in that scene, it's like the the terrain was so undefined. And like, you know, they're, th- they're hucking... Uh, Hucking rocks at each other. That was cool. We never really get to see that in Star Wars. People use the Force, like, chucking, like, the Earth. I almost felt like we were watching Avatar. Yeah, it was cool. The Last um, Airbender. But, like, again, it was just so dark. And, I like, listen, I love it when they ignite their lightsabers and they're, like, bathed in blues and reds. It looks awesome. It looks great. 
but I'm just like I can't help but just like look at this and I'm like yeah I mean it's a very emotionally resonant fight scene but I can very much tell they're just standing in a green screen this is my stagecraft my friend stagecraft that's what it is they have some set pieces and it's just virtual screen everywhere else yeah, I know. I know it's not the greatest thing, though, but that's my complaint. That's why it's like, all right, I have high hopes for Andor in that sense. Yes, me too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's just now, I want to go to my section on little deets slash nitpicks. Some are good. Some are bad. Uh, I, little bits. I hope. Little bits. Eat some fucking shit, you stupid fucking bitch. Um, so... Is it? Do, were you bothered that the eye in the Kenobi title card uh, is his lightsaber? Because like I didn't care. It, it bothered me because I'm like Star Wars. Not everything has to be something. Like you don't have to put a reference there just because you have the ability to do it. And I'm like, this is supposed to be a very somber, serious show. And you're putting like stylized. Can, can I tell you that I the thing I hated most about the introduction was that the fact that like. The, the maybe less than 10 seconds of like Obi-Wan Kenobi intro was all that John Williams had to do with the show. Yeah, the, that upset me. I'm like, that's it? Ah, oh, that upset me. Yeah, it's uh, not great. Uh, but the title um, card did not upset me. Here we go. Here's a cool thing. Tamora Morrison showing up Tamora in episode two. Morrison. He's like, he's like, help a veteran to get some dinner. Apparently and... that was the first time he'd ever been in clone armor. And then I really? couldn't I could not believe that when when I I read the interview he did, they so wait, CGI'd wait. all the armor that he had ever done for any of the clones. Oh man! And I'm like, are you fucking serious, dude? But hey, we got it. And I was like, see, that's clever. That is creative. I like that. And but still better know. than Boba Fett. Still better. Oh, absolutely. I believed it. Most convincing veteran I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, name dropping Quinlan Voss in episode three was cool. The third time he's ever been mentioned in Star Wars ever. <laughs> uh, I wish we could have gotten some other mentions, but I'll take what I can get. Um, on, oh, on I like this next note, one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but Obi Wan and Leia hiding in the coat in episode four. Literally the worst thing in the it's, world. Like, it, I'm it, sorry. It, that's it, it. It. Oh, I have to say I loved it though because of the memes we got. The like, memes were funny, but it's like... The stupidest thing. They put the... Uh, my favorite one was, like, they used the scene from Austin Powers where Minnie Me's at the bottom <laughs> yeah, and Austin's on top. Like, and I love... That was one yeah, of the best ones. That was pretty bad. Um, I don't know, man. I just, like... Did a child write this? <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. Um, you can skip this I, I mentioned one. this thing about Alderaan. Let's yeah. see. Uh, okay, while it works in the show and it was entirely worth it, it was borderline laughable with this show and Rebels. It's now twice that Vader has had his helmet splayed open by uh, by a former uh, friend and have half of his face here for a nice, you know, look how far gone he is moment. And, like, it begs the question of why did he never, like, innovate on his suit in almost 20 years? They There's a... I read something about that. I'm trying to remember where, like... a. There's a reason to why that is. Here's the thing. It's in the comics, I think. Here's the thing. Um, we know, because of Mandalorian, that and, and other Star Wars media, that 
the Empire was sitting on just a trove, a a massive amount of uh, Beskar that they stole from Mandalore. Um, why couldn't Vader just be walking around in full Beskar? Now that his armor has, now that his helmet has been split open, at least maybe twice. maybe Beskar doesn't have like inputs for uh, for like oxygen. I don't know. And yet Mando walks around with a helmet made of the stuff. I but he doesn't need inputs for like an oxygen tube. I don't know, man. I just like <laughs> I don't know. Dude. Stuff like this. I don't this know. is what happens. I, I this can't is, answer that question. This is what happens when they have when they keep going to the same well. When they keep doing the same stuff over and over again, and you say, at what point do I stop believing that Darth Vader never once thought, maybe my helmet should be reinforced? What they need is, like, a if ground you're out up... There, oh, gosh. If you're out there, if you're out there and you have the answers, comment on this or on our post on Instagram or wherever. Tell me what the reason is. And Zach will tell you that that reason is dumb. That's what he's I will. <laughs> Um, oh, I hated that in episode, uh, four when they're escaping, uh, after their Austin Powers mini-me moment, um, the rebels, like, fly in in snowspeeders, uh, into- Well, they're not uh, called to, snowspeeders, they just use care, them in Hoth. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they fly into, like, literally down into the hangar of Fortress Inquisitorius, and- like, I'm sorry, does this place have, like, no defenses? <laughs> like, no one's like, shoot them down, shoot them down. Nothing. No. You just have two rebel ships, you know, what's stopping them from sending in a Y-wing bomber and just blowing the place up? Yeah. It was stupid. Like, li- one of them got taken out because the uh, Reva threw a box at it or something. Yeah, well, it was like a, it, like it was a bomb. I don't care. It's stupid. And they were I was literally like, no, not that that guy. Yeah. That everybody just seemed to have loved in the rebellion. He was just the the best guy. Um, yes. And uh now before we talk about this last one, it's time to talk about the two cameos, the two other cameos we got, uh, that both actors swore we they they weren't gonna do, um, and then they happened. Uh, the first was in McDiarmid oh, as yeah. one Sheev Palpatine, and I'm sorry every time I think that his name is Sheev, I'm always like Sheev, really? Like you gave you gave the Emperor the weirdest. I remember first Anakin's name. mom was named Shmi, like from <laughs> uh, Peter Pan. No, that's me. Oh, I don't know. I just I guess they just added an H. Like, yep, that's the name of a woman. Shmi, Sheev. Anyway, yeah, he shows up here. He has like three lines of dialogue, and then like he looks a little weird in this one too. Yeah, they tried. I think his they eyes. tried to get like a middle ground between his original look and like more modern. Rise of Skywalker look. Get the fuck out of here. No, I was gonna say like uh, his like his Rise of Skywalker look was the worst one Revenge ever. Of the Sith look. He looked closer to, like, his original look than his, um, uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith. But, you know, he was there. It was, like, cool. Palpatine, neat. Um, but then the other is after Obi-Wan delivers a, a very Alec Guinness-influenced hello there to Luke. He wanders off into the desert and 
Wouldn't you know it? We get a fucking Liam Neeson. We get we Liam Neeson's like I will find you and I will kill you. Dude, that was I was really happy that we got that. Yeah, and uh, it's great. After uh, this, Sob said that he was not going to be in the show at all. <laughs> Liam Neeson, more like he's like, Ryan oh, I'm kind of Neeson. a snog like that. I'm only going to do films. Get the fuck out of here, guy. Oh, he's uh, you're going to be in, in Star Wars. The Star Wars tells you you're going to be in Star Wars. He was in in that in an interview and he said. Um, you know, if I didn't do it, they would have found someone else to do it, and I just didn't want that, so... Yeah, bitch, you fucking... God damn it. <laughs> but it was great to see him, even though I, like, listen, like, Phantom Menace is my, like, second least favorite, um, uh, Star Wars movie, uh, I was happy to see him. I was like, hey, it's been a long time, sir, but this brings up a question I need answered, and maybe you can answer, Chris, because you know your Star Wars stuff, and maybe you don't know, and maybe the rules are just not even, they don't matter, and the writing in Star Wars is bad. Who knows? Or the points don't matter, and the writing is bad. Star Wars Force Ghost rules. Okay, so I need some, I need the rules of the Force Ghosts made clear. Rule number one. No. Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Luke all have to give up their physical bodies. Uh, they, they give themselves to the Force. They become one with the Force, and they come back. And I'm like, yeah, makes sense. Like, they, they show up. They, uh, they, they disappear from our mortal coil, and then they become ghosts. And sometimes they need to sit down. Oh, uh, oh, wait a second. You just made me realize that Qui-Gon did not... Get his body gone. He would burn. And burned. Darth Vader. Qui Gon and Darth Vader were both cremated. <gasps> oh, Zach, I didn't realize that. Yeah, what's going on? The rules are not clear. So, so the only. So, you know what's crazy about that? Is like, was that a question when the original trilogy came out? Because at first, because A New Hope came out, right? And then Obi Wan, body disappears. And then he talks to Luke in his head as he's flying the X Wing. And destroys the Death Star. We all remember this, right? I, then, yeah. two years later, we get Empire. And then, tiny Obi-Wan, like, like you know, miniature Force Ghost, about yay big, uh, is in the snow. And he's like, go to the Dagobah system and see Yoda. He was the master that trained me. Um, and, like, okay. So, that's logic. Like... We saw him as a little ghosty, and then Return of the Jedi comes, we see him as a big ghost, and he has to sit down because big ghosts get tired, and they have <laughs> really bad knees, and then we burn Darth Vader, and also Yoda dies, and I don't know if he disappears, I just remember him okay, dying. Okay, hold on, okay, so this is on this is on Wikipedia, which, listen, if there's ever a resource I have to trust, I have to trust Wikipedia, because only the worst kind of people actually, like update wikipedia um i wouldn't anyway. call it the worst kind I was just so this is desperate. this is in the uh behind the scenes about this is on the page for force ghost it talks about uh during the original trilogy some fans and expanded universe writers believe this ha- that it happened to all jedi who died even fallen jedi who repented uh who repented at the end of their lives such as darth vader and the jedi obviously Uluk, not because palpatine Uluk came back Keldro- to look not as a ghost, he was dark cloned. He was a ghost in the fucking expanded books, dude. Oh, you're right. Um, okay, so we're, we're not talking about that. I'm just saying. Too much Star. Okay, too much Star Wars case, for one podcast. 
was a sign. That's what I hate about doing episodes on Star Wars is that we always get off on these tangents. Okay, here we go. And I feel like the content just really gets messed up. No, it's perfect. (laughs) Many questions arose during Phantom Menace when Qui-Gon Jinn's body did not vanish after his duel with Darth Maul and is instead cremated on a Jedi funeral pyre like Vader in Revenge of the Sith. It is made known that dying and maintaining one's identity is not, in fact, what happens to every Jedi, but an ability acquired by Qui-Gon Jinn's spirit and passed to Yoda and Obi-Wan. And then it has a whole subsection on Qui-Gon Jinn and other differences, and it says blah, 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 blah. Are you telling me that it just doesn't matter, and if you can do it, you can do it? I'm just saying that... you can't? Yeah, they just... the, The writers never set the rules up, and... What are the I, you rules? Know what? What Listen, the best the part, the best way the force is ever shown is as a soft magic system, with with the rules not mattering. So I'm willing to overlook it, but it's just weird that it's like they I, tried listen, to. I agree. <laughs> I I agree wholeheartedly. I do. What if Anakin and Qui Gon came back both as just like ghosts, but they're like piles of dust? That, that would actually be... be pretty funny. What if like their dust like formed in their bodies, like it like. No, I just want like a little pile with like googly eyes on it. <laughs> Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, this has been another wonderful uh, Galaxy Far Far Away edition of Scripture Screen. We promise we're gonna stop oversaturating your ears with this content. So no, long I'll as never they stop. As long as they keep giving it to us, we're gonna keep taking it. Our assholes are wide open. Star Wars is welcome anytime. <laughs> Unfortunately, I need an adult. Um, I need less Star Wars. Thank you all for listening. Uh, you know, we appreciate your ears. Uh, and we are going to be coming at you guys soon with some new and interesting content that we hope you will enjoy. We're going to keep it secret for now, but stay tuned. As always, you can find Scripture Screen on our website at Scripture Screen, www.scripturescreen.com or anchor.fm forward slash script or screen there's facebook twitter social medias at script or screen leave us a comment share us with your friends follow us tell us what you want to hear next look out for new announcements uh zach you were gesturing to me while i was doing this is are you saying we gotta go or are you saying you want to say a last thing are you what's happening here may the are force you, be with you are you turning into a ghost as we speak I see dust. Oh, now the googly eyes are forming. Goodbye there. Oh!